0: This week on Champion Church Fort Worth, the podcast, we're starting the I Love the 90s series, and Pastor Samuel is speaking about the progress of each individual in the church. As faithful members of God's church, we should ask ourselves, are we seekers, receivers, followers, or contributors? Here's Pastor Samuel. Anybody like the 90s? Anybody enjoy the decade of the 90s? I love the 90s, like a lot happened, thank you, in the 90s, I see that plaid, come on. Um, We we know what it's like, right? Those of you that kind of grew up in the 90s with all the music, I love the Spin Doctors, come on, all that great music you just threw up there was awesome, took a blast from the past, right? Well, we're starting a series today for the next five weeks called I Love the 90s. And we're going to be talking about a lot about the 90s throughout all of this. And it should be fun. It should be nostalgic. We need to look back and kind of see all the things that happen. And so I've got things for you today that I'm going to show you that hopefully jogs your memory about the 90s. And uh, it was just a, a great time. And there were lots of amazing things. I've got some pictures here to show you just to begin. But first, let me ask you a question. Uh, how many of you were actually alive on January 1st, 1990? Raise your hand if that was you. Raise your hand. 1990, you were alive. Now, put those down. If you were not alive in the 90s, just raise your hand. Let's just see who the little babies are in this room. Just a few of you. Wow, we've got we to grow that genre, that, that area of people. Praise God. Um, 1990 was, was amazing. I've got some pictures of some people here that I wanted to show you. Uh, look at this little girl right here. Pull this up. So this was a girl named Taylor Swift. She was about a month old. January 1st, 1990, all right? So if you like Taylor, praise God, there she is. Uh, also, we have, next picture, LeBron James was six years old. Six years old. Can everybody see that? Am I in your way? Next picture here. Michael Jordan, right, had not yet, had not yet won any of his titles. No championships by 1990, January of 1990. And we know that he went on to win six championships, right, Dane? Uh, next one. You guys remember what this, this thing is that, that he's got here? Is this Zach Morris? Saved by the bell, somebody? You guys see what it's in his hand? Now, for you that were born like after 1990, you probably don't know what this thing is. This was a cell phone, all right? And, and I remember going to my buddy's house, and, and his dad came home. He was a car dealer. And, and, and he came home, and he had this, this like strap with this big box. You guys remember that? That was a cell phone. And, and then my mom bought a car one time, and she had a cell phone built into the car. It was already there. Remember that? And I think we used it one time, and like $140 later, right, we ripped that thing out of the vehicle, and I never saw it again. That was a cell phone back in the day. It's crazy. Give me another picture here. So we also had the invention of, do you guys remember this sound? Come on now. We used to wait. I used to connect and go have breakfast, right? And after all of this stuff happened, finally it would come on. It was the invention of the World Wide Web, the internet. And this is what came in. This is what you had to go through. And we're not even halfway there yet, are we, Peyton? Like, it was that long. You guys remember this. If If you're old like me, you totally remember this. All right, what's the next image here? So also in 1990, we had the invention of Adobe Photoshop. This was the first um, Photoshop photo-manipulating program that they had that was amazing. Photoshop changed the world of graphics. And if you're a graphic guy like me, you really appreciate that. What's next? Come on, this is dear to my heart. When this came out, I got saved. Sony PlayStation. When this thing came out, friends, I want to tell you it was life-changing. I know. Some of you are looking at this, I've never seen something like this, I get it, but, but it changed my life, and, and for a lot of you, I hope it did as well. Here's the next picture. This is uh, GPS-guided missiles in 1995 were invented, so uh, yeah, just an amazing thing. What's the next thing and last thing here? I love this. This was called, for those of you that don't know, an MP3 player, all right? We had moved from cassette tapes to CDs, right? And then from CDs, we kind of, they invented this thing called the MP3 player. And uh, I know you, all of you were rocking that back in the day, right? Or some of you had a Walkman still. Anybody? Or a Discman. Do you guys remember those big old round, And they would spin on your side. And you thought you were so cool. Oh, and it would, you would run and it would skip. And you're like, wait, I got to slow down. Right? So it doesn't skip. And then the MP3 player came on. It didn't skip anymore. And it was awesome. I'll tell you, the 90s was awesome. If you would live for like, from 1990 all the way to 1999, there are so many things that change. It was crazy because in my life, I was in high school in the 90s, early 90s. I graduated, right? I started college. I met my wife. You know, we hung out for a few years, got married, started having... Uh, yeah, we got married, and then uh, in the 2000s, we started having children. But I remember so many things in my life really changed throughout the 90s. And, and really, this is what we're going to talk about over the next five weeks. We're going to talk about progress. We're going to talk about the progress that happened in the nineties, right? All the way up to 2016. But we're also going to talk about the progress in your life and in my life. Because it's very important, friends, this morning that, that we continue to grow and progress in our lives, in our relationship to the Lord. Because our lives are exponentially better if you and I would change and progress through our relationship with the Lord and what we know, the decisions that we make every day. I believe wholeheartedly that God is moving us into a period of change. He's continuing to, to encourage us to do more, to have a greater influence over this community in a, in a real amazing way with the Lord. And, and I want to encourage you, and I, I want to go to the Word of God and, 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 and set up this whole series by this one scripture in 2 Peter. So if you have your Bibles, I'd like for you to turn with me to 2 Peter, because I think it, it, it's great, um, the guy named Peter, and if you don't know him, he had a really loud mouth, right? And he would always stick his foot in his mouth, <laughs> because he would say things, not necessarily that were the right things, but he just said what he had on his heart. But he writes here two letters in First and Second Peter. And at the end of 2 Peter, he finishes everything he says here in this letter in a certain way. And this is the verse, friends, that I want to share with you to set up all that we're going to do over the next five weeks. Now, if you were to miss a week, that's okay. We've got a podcast I want you to get on and follow along with us. Just like I told my students this week Uh, at school. It's very important that you don't miss a day. And if you do, make sure you text me, reach out to me, and I'll tell the church the same thing. Don't miss it. And if you have to, get the podcast, listen to it, because I believe God's got some amazing things for you and I to learn over these next five weeks that are going to be pivotal to where God is taking us. Someone say amen. Amen. All right. So Peter, the apostle Peter, He ends off this message in a really great way, and I want to read it. 2 Peter 3.18, it says here, he says to you and I, and in this moment he says, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and forever. And I want to pull out a a section here and a word that, that you and I need to hold on to today, and it's the word Grow. He says, but grow, somebody say grow, grow Grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So in that one little statement right there, we see something that's very vital in 2016 that you and I would continue to grow. Does that make sense? That you and I, God has a plan for us today that we would grow so that we can do what we're called to do tomorrow. Did you know that? This morning, God is going to give you a chance to grow in what you know. He's going to give you a chance to grow uh, in the Holy Spirit. He's going to allow you to grow this morning in your understanding, in your hearing of the word, so that it would translate into your doing of the word, right? If, if I just get up here and tell you some good things and you say, thanks, pastor, high five, see you later, and you go out the door and never grow and never begin to do and implement what God has told you to do today, then you're not growing, In fact, you might be growing in the wrong direction. And what I believe is that God is providing us a way this morning to begin to grow in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And at Champion, we believe that a healthy spiritual growth is marked by a series of next steps. All right, So everything we do here is we are encouraging you and God is encouraging me to take the next step we got to be the steps. He's not asking you to go from, from point A to point uh, uh, Z as quickly as you can. What he's saying is, I just want you to go from A to B, and from B to C, and, and so on and so forth. It's a very simple thing, but, but I believe today the heart of the Lord is to say, where are you at right now? Where are you at on Sunday morning in this place? And where, where, What is your next step, friends? What is Christ encouraging you to do? Because I want to encourage you in our growing. This is not going to be a series where, 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 where you need to allow God to love you more. This is a series where as you grow, you will begin to love God more. God already loves you deeply, desperately. God, God already has a, a strong heart for you, and that will never go away. He loves you deeply. And what I want as your pastor is that as we take the next steps, we will begin to love God more. We will begin to to see who Jesus really is in our lives and how when we are a part of his kingdom, we will come to life in him. This is what it's about. And and I I don't want you to miss that. And we're going to celebrate as people grow. I've been meeting with people, numerous people, counseling them this week. And what I see in a lot of people is that they want to grow and know and be more like Christ. They want to be used by God like never before. In fact, they want to run away from their old life and grab a hold of the growth that God has for them. And I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I, I can celebrate because I see that God is growing us up, becoming mature people. Now, what I want to say is in order for us to talk about where we need to go grow spiritually, what I want to do today is just is, is set up kind of this whole series because I believe we must first identify where we are. Have you ever been to the mall and you go to a mall that you've never been before? Where do you go? You go to this little sign right there in the mall that says you are here, right? And you look at it and you find your stores and your shops and the food court and all the different places that you want to go and you begin to head in that direction, So today, I want to set set this up with allowing you and I to understand where we are currently at right now so that you and I can begin to take the next steps necessary for growth in Jesus. Does that make sense? I'm going to pray, and we're going to get this party started. Dear Lord, we honor you. Over the next few minutes, you're going to speak to our lives. You're going to encourage us. You're going to build us up. You're going to give us truth that sets us free. And I pray, God, we would be doers of your word, not hearers only, but that we would get busy Champion in the cause of Christ for all the people, Father, that are lost and lonely in the world around us. We pray that we would grow systematically in you, and that, Father, we would honor you in all that we do. We thank you in Jesus' name, everybody said. Now, let's identify where we are in our walk with God. I'm going to give you four quick things for you to identify right now where you're at. First, the first person The first area, I believe, um, that that we will probably have some people in this room is, the first one is a seeker. Seeker. This is somebody that is just maybe here for the first time. Maybe you've been here lots of times, and you're really just kind of seeking out kind of what this is all about, and maybe you've come, and, and maybe you really don't buy into everything we talk about. Maybe maybe you enjoy the the, the the band because it's loud but you're not really at the place where you're lifting your hands and in and, and total surrender to God yet and, and, and that's okay because maybe in fact you don't agree with everything that I say and, and that's okay that that's the point of you you being a seeker and for some of you you might be there you might they kind of say that it, it's like you're just kicking the tires a little bit you right you're going to the car lot you're looking at cars you're enjoying that they look nice and you're kicking the tires and maybe you take a test drive and, and this is where a lot of People are. They're in this place of really just seeking for something. You're trying to find something in life. And, and, and maybe you're here today because you enjoy our food. Maybe you really like the breakfast that our hospitality team puts together. Maybe you really enjoy coming to see the stage and, and all of the things or you know, I, I just I know that there are a lot of people out there that are in this place where, where they're, they're just seeking. Something, and you know, uh, I remember when Dane came to church for the first time. He he was in this place of seeking somebody, and her name was Adrian. And when Adrian <laughs> in class, when he saw Adrian, he's like, "Yes, I'll have that. I'll have. I'll have her." And, and, and so Adrian says, "Dane." Adrian says, "Dane, come to church." And so Dane was just seeking, not enough for me, right, or or for the church, but he was seeking after Adrian. Uh-oh. And that's okay, because what happened is when Dane was seeking something that he thought he he really desired, he came to church and found something so much greater. He found me. And because of that, his life was forever changed. And then he really found Jesus, amen? And that's what really changed Dane's life. And, And I want to encourage you that it's okay to be in that seeking place, because what we have to do is realize that's the next step for somebody. There are people that are home right now with, without thinking at all about Jesus, all, at all about God or anything like that. They're at home doing whatever they want. So their next step is to be seeking something more. we got to celebrate people that seek. This is why we set up this cafetorium to look at like a place that we would want a seeker to come in and just hang out and enjoy it. That's okay, friends. Everybody has their next step. And what I want to tell you here is that, that, that so, there are some people that say, listen, uh, man, God just wants all these things for me, and I just can't do this. I, I, I don't want to do this. Listen, I believe that God really wants something from you. He, he wants your sin. He wants your guilt. He wants your shame. He wants your discouragement. He wants your, uh, your bitterness. He wants all of those things. And in return, he's going to take that from you and replace it with something called grace. Something called mercy. Something called freedom in Jesus that you've never had before. I want to tell you, if you're in that place of seeking, just just get to the next step. Which we're going to see here. The next step, as you go from being a seeker, you jump right into something called a receiver. At some point, there will be a transaction that happens. There will be a a moment in time where you say, I'm tired of seeking, but I am ready to find something that, that will change my eternity, that will change my life. And you move from a seeker, now your next step is actually a receiver. I've got some dates up here that I want to show you. And I want to ask you if you know what happened on this date. September 22nd, 1994. Does anybody know what is significant about this day in the nineties, September 22nd. Anybody know? Okay. Give me the answer. Go, what what go, is go, it? Go, go, come on. Friends happened. <laughs> the first episode of Friends, my wife's favorite show. In fact, the other day, she, uh, I was watching it with her because she made me, and they said something that my wife says all the time, and I didn't realize that she had ripped that off no. from friends <laughs> because she is a wholehearted, devoted follower of friends. All of them, right? She just loves it. Now, give me the next date. Yeah. September 10, 1990. Come on, somebody of talking about movies here, so uh, be thinking, what happened on September 10th, 1990? Anybody know? Give us the answer. One of the greatest shows to ever come. Here we are. The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, my favorite guy. Everybody knows the song. Don't lie. You sing it all the time. We're in church, right? Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Okay, anybody know this date? July 6th, 1994. July 6th. What came out? July 6th. Give it to me. Anybody know this movie? Forrest Gump. Come on, somebody. You guys have seen this movie? Uh, It's it's, uh, it's on your uh, got a DVR. All right, June fifteenth, June fifteenth, nineteen ninety four. Does anybody know this? I'll give it to you because it's a tough crowd today. These are hard dates. I get it. Lion King, right? Every time whenever my son was born, I held him up. Did I not? And I, I, felt, I felt like the Simba, you know, I was like, oh, was Simba the dad? Mufasa, who was the baby? I, I was holding Simba up, like raising, like, what's up now? What's his name, right? Am I the only weirdo that does that kind of stuff? <laughs> what's wrong with me? Thank you. Appreciate you. Everybody has a date where all of a sudden something great happened. And I, and I want to say, you know, there's a date called February 25th. 1995, February 25th, 1995, a little girl came to Life Group, and she asked Jesus into her heart for the first time, and God came to her it's my wife, Nicole, and Pastor Nicole McCurn, let's give her a hand clap, and she came into my life, and, and, and really at that moment, I was like, I got to stay away from this girl, I want to make sure she was not a Delilah, right, hey, mother? And, and, and all of a sudden she came in and Jesus saved her life, friends, on that day. And it changed the rest of my life. Because now I had this person that I could give my life to and give my heart to because we were, we were equally yoked. The old school word, which is uh, we, uh, we, we loved each other and grew in our love and God put us together. And, and it was, I was able to live life with somebody I really love and respect. And want to be with and I'll tell you all of us have a day in our life where we ask Jesus to come in our heart and we went from a seeker and we took the next step to a receiver some of you are in this place this morning you've never gotten to that place where you've become a receiver this is why we do church the way that we do we try to make it uh, we try to present the gospel in a way that people can quickly grab a hold of it and begin to walk with Jesus This is why we do what we do. This is why we have foreign missionaries. This is why we support uh, Nairobi, Kenya. This is why we support Timothy Lachlan in Thailand. Because we understand that he is out there ministering to all of these people in his his sphere of influence. And we are able to support that. We understand that lives are being changed. This is why we support the King family who, who had a tragedy with their apartment burning down. This is why... We do what we do because we've received him and we want to present the gospel to people that are far from the Lord to have a chance to receive Christ. This is what happens, friends, when you become a receiver. And, and, and you know, the thing that I wanted to say about the receiver is for a lot of people, when we're talking about our next steps, a lot of people stop right after they receive Jesus. And you will find that all over in lots of churches in the world around us, is that people go from seeking and and from really um, running around looking for the answers, and they get to this receiving portion, and they stop right there. And I want to tell you today that there is something greater than just receiving God. There is something so much more valuable than that, and it is a next step for some of you that you, you seek and you've found Jesus and now you have Jesus in your heart. You ask him to, to, to come into your heart and you're beginning to, 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 to think about him more. He's speaking to you. But now there's this next step that I need for all of us to go to and it's called a follower. You and I must be at the place where we follow Jesus. Now listen, I know in the world of social media we have things called Twitter and we have things called Facebook and Instagram and, and everybody's big thing is, hey, why don't you follow me on that? Hey, come check me out. I'll be your friend. You can follow my my feed and see all the stuff that I'm doing. And and for the world around us, we might think that's what it's like to follow Jesus. I love this picture here that uh, Peyton is going to put up here with Jesus. And he's saying here, he says, no, I'm not talking about Twitter, right? He says, I literally want you to follow me. Can you guys see that? Jesus is saying to this man here, listen, I don't want you to follow my feed. I don't want you just to follow kind of what's going going on from a a distance perspective. But I actually want you to follow me. And listen, for, for a lot of you in here, that is your next step. Is that you would actually begin to follow Jesus. Not just his feed, but actually follow what he does. When you follow somebody, you're doing what they do. You're going to the places that they go to. And, and, and I want to tell you, there are five quick characteristics of somebody that is a follower of Christ. And I want to give you those very quickly, and I want you to write them down and if you want, and, and, and grab a hold of this, because this is a true indication of if you are following Jesus in the way that He, he really wants you to. He wants that, that relationship with you. The first one is a daily pursuit of Jesus. When you follow Jesus, you are following him on a daily basis. And for some of you, this is your next step. For some of you, you wake up in the morning, you don't think about Jesus the whole day. You're busy going to work, you're busy getting ready, you're busy uh, taking the kids to soccer practice, you're busy doing all kinds of things, and you fill your whole day, and yet, sometimes we lay our head on the pillow and we think, Lord, I've not followed you at all. That's the next step. You know, I've I've met a lot of people that I've counseled through this. And I said, are you reading your Bible? Are you you spending time with Jesus on a regular basis? And I think for some people, they kind of have this attitude like, I found Jesus, I'm saved. And now how close can I get to sin and actually still be okay? I've seen that before. They get right to the edge and they say, how, how close can I get to this thing called sin and still go to heaven? And that's the reality of their life. They've never moved from the step, that step, they, they've never moved on to actually begin to follow Jesus because all they're doing is focusing on sin. And what I would say is you've got to flip that in your mind and say, my next step is how close can I get to Jesus? And how far away can I get from sin? This is a step for a lot of us, friends. Because for a lot of us, we, we're so worried about the temptation that, that seeks us right after we leave this building. We're so focused on the sin. The Bible says that, Jesus, that, that, that the devil is, is a roaring lion waiting, crouching to devour you. He's waiting for you to trip up. But if we if we so focused on getting so close to sin, but am I still saved? Can I still go to heaven? It's completely wrong. You've got to move the, to the next step that says, Jesus, I will follow you. I will seek after you. Another thing that happens is some days we wake up and we don't feel like following Jesus. Do you know that our feelings will lead you astray? Did you know that feelings, we can't measure our life and our relationship to God by feelings. Because if it was all about feelings, we'd be in trouble very quickly, friends. Certainly we have feelings and they are good. But it always has to be measured by the word of God. If we allow our feelings to dictate our behavior, we will respond immaturely. Can I say that again? If we allow our feelings to dictate our behavior, we will respond immaturely, and I believe God wants us to rise above our feelings and begin to walk in truth. Right? You guys remember that 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 little the, for you ladies, you remember that little boy you fell in love with at the roller rink, right? You don't even remember that kid's name, but you smooched him in the back and behind the concession stand and you fell in love that day. You don't even remember his name. How many of you guys fell in love with that girl? Come on. First grade. I remember her. I thought she would be mine. I would be hers. Those were feelings that can lead you astray, praise God. And what we want to do is understand that we we have to rise above that. Our next step, friends, would be that we would focus on God. We would not be led by our, our feelings. Romans 10, 17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We must read God's word every day in order to grow. That's why we have the Bible reading app. That's why we read through the Bible together. Because it's so important for your next step. Is that you would begin to follow Christ daily in the reading of the Word, and I'm not saying you got to read ten verses in the old and ten in the new every day. For some of you, all the time that you have is to read one little scripture in the morning. But you know what? That's the next step. We better celebrate that one verse that we get that will carry us through the day, friends. I'm not, I'm not up here telling you that I do that every day. There are moments when I, I, I I'm running through the day and I just I'm trying to. Keep everything above water. And all of a sudden I look at it like, Lord, I I forgot to put you in that this day. that's why I believe we need to celebrate, even the little things. We've got to celebrate the wins. Pray every day is necessary for growth. We've got to pray. We've got to read the word. When we pray and talk to God, he talks to us. Did you know that? He will speak to you about so many things as you say, God, I'm focused on you. I'll take one quiet moment during the day. The Bible says pray without ceasing. Which means throughout the day, as you think about God, begin to pray for things. Begin to pray for people. Pray that God will use you. That is the next step for some of you. You know where you're at, friends. You know where you're at right now. And I would just encourage you to be consistent to read God's Word and talk to Him daily. The second characteristic of following Jesus, to be a follower of Jesus... And, and this is really hard for people. Number two is confession and repentance. Ouch. A lot, of, a lot of people don't get past this. They get to this thing of confessing their sins, and they're like, no, I can't do that. What would happen if I confess my sins to church people? Would I be stoned there are a lot of places in this world that you would go to and if you were to tell them who you were, really are and what you're dealing with, they would kick you out. Hey, listen, what happens to the teenager that gets pregnant in, in, in the youth group? Do they get reprimanded? Do they get kicked out of the church because they got pregnant? I mean, what, who, who are we, friends? Are we judgmental to people that are dealing with sin? This is why a lot of people won't confess sin. This is why people won't go to God and repent, because they feel like they're going to be ostracized. They feel like they're going to be kicked out. They feel left out, friends. We're not a church that does that. We don't stand up here from the pulpit with with pockets full of rocks. We don't throw rocks at people. Jesus doesn't stone us. He comes to us and offers life to us, friends. I want to encourage you, confession and repentance is a daily thing before the Lord. God, we were wrong. We have sinned and fallen short. And I think, let me, let me read to you the starting point for restoration. In James 5.16, says here, Therefore confess your sins to each other. What? What? I always thought you could just confess your sins to the Lord. It's all good, right? I don't need a I don't need a, a priest. I don't need anybody in the in the way of that. But the Bible says something that you and I need to understand, and this is why we're the church. He says, therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other, the Bible says. This is why we do life groups, friends. So we come together and, and, and encourage each other in the Lord. Encourage each other through the difficult sins that we're going through, through the difficult things. And listen why he says that you need to do this, so that you may be healed, the Bible says. Listen, when you confess to your brother in Christ that is holding you accountable, that is is praying for you, when you make a confession, there is healing in that, the Bible says. It's safe to say that some of us are bound up in sin because because we haven't truly confessed that to the people that are closest to us, that love us. I would say that you're having problems in your marriage because you've not yet confessed to your wife or your husband what's going on in your heart. Because the Bible says that as you and I would confess sin that he would be faithful to come and bring healing to us. He says the, pa- the the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. See, some of us won't take that next step because we're scared of what people might think. I want to tell you to be a true follower of Christ, you got to be an open you got to have an open life. And allow your friends, allow the pastors, allow people that God put in your life to hold you up and lift you up in prayer. And you will find so much healing. And you will find a church full of people that are not going to throw rocks at you, but they're going to hold your hands and walk side by side with you through all the junk. Praise God. That's, what we're, that's our commitment, friends, to you. And can I say something to you? We must call sin sin Do you know that there are a lot of people that say I just made a mistake what is that friends cheating on your spouse is not a mistake it's sin right looking at inappropriate things online is, is, is not just an issue that you have it's called sin and it must be dealt with right There must be a confession. There must be a repentance that happens. Which means like Pastor Ted said last week, you've got to turn and go the opposite direction of the sin. You've got to confess the sin. I mean, I want to encourage you, Jesus didn't die for for the mistakers, right? He didn't die for the issuers. He actually died for the sinners. And the Bible says here, Romans says it so plainly that there is none righteous, no, not one, friends. There's nobody in this room that is without sin. And he says here that there is no fear. And he says, in the way of peace, they have not known and there is no fear of God before their eyes. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. I want to encourage you that Jesus knows that about you and I. Do you know that? He's not surprised. He doesn't go, I can't believe you did that. How could you? Like you and I would sometimes say to our children, or to each other, how could you? But but Jesus comes and says, listen, I know, friends. I know the sin that you have in your life. And if you would just but lay that at my feet and say, God, I give you this. I confess this to you. Maybe right now the Holy Spirit speaking in your life because there's something that you've not revealed to your spouse. And God is saying, your next step, champions, is that you would confess and repent. Because the greatest fan that you will have in your life on this earth is, is the person you've tied yourself to. And they will help you. They will guide you. We will direct you. We will get you through it. When we confess sin, God will come and be faithful. The Bible says in 1 John 9, 1.19, 19, we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us, amen, from all unrighteousness. What is your next step? What is God asking you to do to take the next step? Number three, the third area that, that will really signify if you are a follower of Christ, and, and maybe for you, 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 you've confessed, you've repented, But this is something that is difficult. Number three, financial surrender. Ouch. There are three things that people feel when a church talks about surrendering your finances. Throw that up there. Anger builds up in some of us. Frustration builds up in some of us. Because some of you are sitting there going, how am I going to pay my bills? And you're asking me, pastor, to give my money. Doubt comes in for a lot of people. Yeah, I I believe some of the stuff you're saying, but the financial surrender, I don't believe that. Doesn't God want me to pay my bills? Friends, all of these things happen. And if you're a follower of Christ and you're faithfully giving to the Lord what He asks of you, because He knows that He can manage your checkbook better than you can, right? (laughs) How many of us can testify today that 90% of our income goes much further than a hundred percent of the income that we might hang on to. There's this principle that God says, if you will give me a 10th, the Bible says, even the tons of scriptures in the the old Testament. And then we see the apostle Paul, lots of people talk about this surrendering of their finances. If if you will, if, if you will, but give God what he says, 90% of your money is blessed. However, if you take your first fruit and you take all that you have that you you made in in your own mind and you hang on to that, 100% of that is cursed. Friends, this is what the Bible teaches. And, and, And so I want you to get past your anger and your frustration and your doubt and realize that a life lived for Jesus is one of obedience and love and trust. A true mark of a follower of Christ is surrendering your finances to him. Luke 6 tells us give and it will be given to you. Good measure. Listen to this friends. I want you to grab a hold of this. For some of you this is your next step. Good measure pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your bosom. Listen to this. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. So whatever you put in the hands of your heavenly father, the Bible says, will be given back to you in an amazing way. Don't don't withhold that, friends. Don't come to me when you're completely broke. You can. People do. And that's okay. But don't come to me and say, what do I do? The first thing I'm going to say is, have you given any of this to God? Have you allowed God to be a part of that relationship in your life? For some of you, you allow God to be on your Sunday mornings and that's it. And unfortunately, you don't, put God's at your, you don't put God at your job. You don't put God in your relationship to your spouse. You don't put God in any of your relationships. You don't put God in your finances. I'll tell you something. When I learned from my first job, 16, my parents said, uh, uh, what are you going to do with your money? And I said, I want to give to God because I want to be blessed. It's pretty simple, friends. And yet for us, a lot of us, we go the way of fear, doubt, and discouragement. And I want to tell you your next step this morning Is to say, God, I I will give this to you. He even says in Malachi 3.10, this is the word of God, and, and I'm just speaking the truth. Bring the whole tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, the Bible says. The only place that Jesus says test me in, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be enough room in it for you. Amen. There will not be enough room To store all of it. You know what I find with money, guys? The Bible says that wherever your money goes, wherever your money goes, your heart follows. Did you know that? It's so simple to see a follower of Christ. Because wherever their finances go, their heart follows. I see people all the time that come to church and they are faithful givers. They are faithful tithers. When, When there is a need in the house, they faithfully give it. Why, friends? Because that's where their heart is. Their heart is for the kingdom of God. But I find a lot of people, too, that they've never taken that next step in Jesus. And they're taking their money and giving it to everything else. And what is happening to their heart? Their heart is running after. There are people that are not here this morning. Because their, their finances are somewhere else and their heart is running after that finance. And yet the finances that are not given to God, the, if you are not being used by God, those finances will leave you. They will be gone. And you will say, what happened in my life? Why am I in debt up to my ears? Friends, I want to tell you, Whatever you're putting your finances in is exactly where your heart is. Do we understand that this morning? That's a next step for us. Number 4, a follower of Christ is being involved in church. Bible says husbands love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. You know this weekend, we came and the, the team came and set up and painted this stuff in the middle of the night did all of this. And you know what I see? I see people that have surrounded themselves with the kingdom of God, with church. And this is a picture of, of, of Christ in our lives. He loves the church. And he comes to serve it, to lead it, to guide it, direct it. And, and I find a next step for some of us is that we've got to get involved in church more than just coming, more than just, 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 just being here, but actually involved in the ministry. For some of you, your next step is not just to come and sit in a seat. Your next step is to get out of the chair that a lost person needs to be sitting in Amen. and begin to serve. This is why we do what we do for salvation, for people that are far from Christ to come and sit in your chair and for you to actually serve them. This is why we have the dream team. This is why we we, we give you an opportunity to be a part of the ministry here at Champion. And if you're not a part of that, friends, let me encourage you. That is your next step. Take the step. Sign up in the back to join the dream team. You will be contacted by someone to say, what do you enjoy? What do you want? To, how do you want to get involved? And we will get you involved. Why? Not because we want to fill a slot, but because we know that God wants to use your life to serve other people. Mm-hmm. And number four, friends, we've got to love other people. Some of your, ne- your next step might be loving your neighbor instead of cursing them every time they drive on your, on your lot. Or every time you come home and they haven't mowed... Hey, there's 20 dollars. Praise God. Every time time you, 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 uh, you, you see that they haven't mowed their grass and you curse them. Right? Next step for some of you would be that you would love other people. You know, in 1 John 4, 7, it says here, He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Wow, that's a pretty amazing scripture. God loving people do not divide people. Did you know that? They won't come in and cause problems and and, and, and and say all kinds of inflammatory things. They will live a self-controlled life. They will come in and, and, and they will begin to love people. You know, my, my sermons are pretty simple. And I've heard people say, hey, you know, you know, you, you need to start preaching this. You need to start doing that. And I would say to all of that, that they say, you need to go deep into the word. And, and you know the same people that are telling me to be deep are the same people that aren't following Christ. I would rather you say nothing to me and get busy inviting people to church. Amen. How about you get busy loving people and then come tell me what you think I should do? You know what I mean? I'm just trying to be real before you that that some of your next step is instead of talking about what you don't like on Facebook, start loving Jesus. Start loving your neighbor, friends. Start having an attitude that says, I'm going to forgive you. I'm going to encourage you. I'm going to build you up instead of tear everybody down. Let's practice love. And that let's practice and make make the world a different place because of our love for Christ and because of our love for other people. That's deep, friends. That's deep. That's what I want for us. That's what God wants for us to take the next step in. And so those five things, friends, I believe is a clear indication and clear next steps for you and I. Where are you at in this? I want you to consider this morning because everybody has a next step. And by the time we leave, you're going to need to commit to each other and to the Lord about that next step that he's speaking to you about. I always tell you, we don't come here to play. This is not a spectator sport. When you come to the kingdom of God, it's not like, hey, I'm just going to chill and enjoy the, the nice country club. Somebody's got to clean that country club. Someone's got to change those light bulbs. Someone's got to mow the grass. What would happen if you walked in today and every dream teamer decided to not come to church today? Because, ah, they didn't really need us today. Nothing would be set up. Nobody would be greeting. You would have no food on the table. You would immediately leave because your little tummy's hungry. (laughs) What would we do, friends? Just encouraging you. What is that next step? You know, we talked about the seeker that moves from the seeker to the receiver. And from the receiver, we have the follower. But something I want to tell you is is really the the, the pinnacle, friends, of, of what we're doing here in this world. And that's number four. That's the contributor. That is someone that doesn't just come to consume. Friends, anybody can go and consume. You can be a consumer. You can come and continue to consume every day and week and year and just do that the rest of your life. But the difference is when you move from a consumer to a contributor. When you move from a renter to an owner, when you say, you know what, I'm going to come and I'm going to be a part of the kingdom of God. And God's going to use me to bless people. God's going to use me to go to the old folks home, right? I know my parents and my aunt, they go to an old folks home and minister and play songs to these people. And their lives are completely joyful because my parents decided to go do that. We're able to bless people. We're able to do all kinds of things. Listen, a contributor should be the goal for all of us. That we would get to that place, and some of us are thinking, "Yeah, Sam, you're up there preaching, and you know you're having a, a good life, and, and 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 working, and kind of doing all your things." But listen, I'm a single, I'm a single father, or I'm a single mother, and I've got kids to take care of. I got all these worries, and I got all these things, and you know, in fact, I just don't feel up to it. I don't feel like I can be a contributor because I'm too busy with all of these things. And for some of you, you're sitting here today feeling like a second-class citizen. The amazing thing is God uses you. And I want to give you this analogy as Dane, as Dane plays this morning. Because some of you feel like a backup quarterback in, in God's kingdom. You just feel like a backup. You feel like you don't, you're not worth enough today. And I want to encourage you. The Lord has, has given you some next steps to help you realize how valuable you are. You know, I've got some pictures of some quarterbacks up here that are that were backup quarterbacks. If we can throw up that first one. You guys know this guy right here, Dallas Cowboy Roger Staubach. Did you know that he was a backup? And he ended up winning Super Bowls and doing amazing things. Give me this next quarterback. You guys might know it's a guy named Tom Brady. He was a backup in college, to Brian Greasy. He was a backup when he got to the NFL. And all of a sudden, the coach put him in the game. And he took the next step, friends, from being just a backup to realizing that he could be a starting quarterback in the National Football League. And he is the the, the standard bearer for what it means to be a good quarterback and what it means to win championships. I want to tell you this morning, I look at a bunch of champions this morning. I'm not looking at a bunch of second-rate individuals. I'm looking at a bunch of people that have a a strong desire to take that next step, even if it's a small step. This is where we're at today, friends. This is what God is offering us. Why? So that we 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 would get out of our own world and we would join the kingdom of God in a great way. What is it? What is it? Are you at the seeking place where you need to receive Christ? I'm going to give you that chance this morning. Maybe you're at the receiving and, and, and you need to become a follower of Christ. You actually need to begin to implement some of these things we talked about. Or maybe you need to move into a full-fledged contributor. And you've been sitting here idly beside thinking that, that, that you just don't measure up and you don't have what you need. And I'm here to tell you, you have everything you need in Jesus. i you going to stand in my heart this morning. This is where we're at today. And I'm so excited. And I love the 90s so much. And the 90s changed my whole life. From 1990 to 1999, everything changed. For the better, friends. God helped me see what I didn't see. He grew me up. And today I believe that you need to take your next step. I want you to stand to your feet this morning. I'm going to pray for you. That you would do just that. What I want you to do is as you think about what that next step is in your life. If you need to start loving people, if you need to start being involved in church, if you need to, to, to be a financial contributor into the kingdom of God because you've withheld that and you're not being blessed, I think that's your next step. Friends, if 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 you're sitting here and you've never confessed and repented before the Lord, You've been dealing with sin and you've been called to everything else but sin, God is saying you've got to deal with that. I would confess that to your pastors. I would confess that to your spouse. I would confess that to somebody that really loves you and knows your heart so that they can hold you accountable and pray for you and love you through this. There's healing in that, friends. If you need to come and just begin to follow Jesus, I, I would encourage you, Jesus knows right where you're at and you know where you're at. What I want us to do this morning is just in closing, just bow your heads this morning. I want you to hold your hands out to God in an act of surrender and say, God, I'm going to take my next step. I'm going to take the next step. Begin to speak to him about that next step. Father, I will surrender my life to you. I will surrender my time to you, Lord. I will surrender all that you have. All that you've given me, I will will take what you've given me and I'll begin to do that. I'll be a follower. These are the things that that I want you to begin to speak about as I pray for you this morning. Because I want each and every one of us every week to take a next step and begin to grow like never before in the kingdom. Dear Lord, I lift up your people this morning. Such a simple word this morning about going forward and growing in you. God, we want to grow in you, Jesus. We want to be more like you today than we've ever been in our lives, Father. And so I just pray right now for for your people that that you, you will give them the power, allow them to understand by the power of the Holy Spirit that they can do this, Lord. That they can focus on you. That they can walk with you, and in you, and for you, Jesus, and that you will bring them to life in areas that they have been dead in, God, and I thank you for this, I thank you, Lord, that that they are overcomers, Lord, that they can do this thing in you, Jesus, that they have everything that they need for success in you, Jesus, and we give you praise for this, God, we thank you for this, this morning, that we are going to take that next step in you, Jesus. That does it for now. Next week is part two of the I Love the 90s series. Have a blessed one.